And I'm here with evangelist Stephen Ferran. Stephen, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Andrew. It's such an honor to have you here on our program. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to our listeners and tell us how you got called to preach. Yeah, sure. So, uh, like you said, Andrew, my name is Evangelist Stephen Forand, and I'm here in Northeast Ohio, um, 21 years old, and uh, on the evening of July 27, 2017, I like to use the illustration of um, before that night, uh, you know, I went to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. I grew up in church, but I never knew personally who Jesus was, you know, and uh, so, so many people know of Donald Trump but not very many people know him personally. And I like to use that as an illustration because, um, you know, just so many people think, well, if I know who Jesus is and I go to church and I do good things, I'm going to get to heaven. Well, that's not the case. You know, and on the night of July 27, 2017, I took that knowing of and made it personal with Jesus. You know, I asked him into my heart, and that's the night I received salvation. Um, From that night forward, uh, you know, I, I began to, to pray, you know, and seek God and seek the face of God and say, you know, Lord, what do you have for me in store? You know, what do you have in store for me? Because the Bible tells us that he has a plan for each and every person. He has a plan to prosper us and not harm us, you know. Uh, so I went ahead and I began to seek God. And uh, the first time I ever preached, you know, I, I was so nervous. Um, I said, um, probably 500 times. And I went home that night and I said, God, I said, was that for you? Or did I do that, you know, just, just out of the blue? You know, and after that night, I began to realize, hey, you know, you got to put something into it. You know, you got to, you know, pray and fast. And so after that, I began to, to pray and fast before every sermon that I've done. And, and uh, last year, I preached 42 services. This year, so far, I've got 112. Um, so that's just a little bit about me. I, you know, everything I had last year was in Ohio. This year, only Three events so far in Ohio and everything else is out of state. Some in West Virginia, some in Tennessee, some in Georgia, some in Lake Havasu, Arizona in September. So that's just a little bit there. You know, me and you was talking a little bit before the interview about, you know, the coronavirus. And tell us what God has put on your heart a little bit about that. So with the coronavirus, you know, and it may just be coincidental. Um, but it's clear that the flu is, you know, definitely a much broader and more uh, effective illness, and it's killed so many more people, you know. But I think, you know, with this virus name just coming out of the blue, it tends to, to put a burden on so many people and and um, give us a, a thought of, well, is it going to come to me? Is it going to come to my family? Is it going to come to my town? You know, what do I have to do to get ready? How can I get ready? What, you know, what do I need to do to make sure I don't get this virus? You know, and like me and you were talking before before we came on, you know, people are, are so worried about this virus, you know, but, but we should be worried about the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, you know, I think the virus is, is something to take precaution with. But I also think that the, the coming of our Lord is something to take a precaution with as well. So uh, personally, I'm not I'm not fretting over it. If it comes, you know, there's the Bible tells us that, like you said, Andrew, this too shall pass. The Bible also tells us that, you know, pray, you know, pray. And I, I'm a firm believer in prayer, so, you know, I'm, I'm not worried about it whatsoever. And, you know, one thing I think people have forgotten is this. 
where healing comes from. And, you know, I was thinking today, Stephen, that, I mean, doctors always have the final say or think they have the final say, so put it that way. But it's the Lord Jesus Christ that supplies the healing. That's absolutely right. And, you know, sometimes I I think we forget how powerful the healing hand of God really is. That's absolutely right. You know, so it's, tell it's, it's, it's Go ahead, coincidental that you say that as well. That's okay. It's coincidental that you say that as well because uh, a couple Sundays ago I preached at, at a church here in Northeast Ohio and I stated, you know, so many people think, well, if we get a, a big evangelist or a, a big singing group, you know, I can bring somebody that needs a healing and they're going to get healed. Well, you can bring that with the little Joe Snow that God's called and equipped with the gift, you know what I'm saying. So, uh, you know, it's it's in God. You know, it's not in, in T.D. Jakes or, or the big-time evangelist that comes. Um, so. Exactly. And, you know, I think we have forgotten our main goal in life sometimes I think we get sidetracked from accolades and all this other worldly stuff, and we forget what we've been called to do. That's absolutely right. And, I mean, you know, it's time to get back into the soul-saving business and not the world-winning business. That's right. Because, you know what, you can win the world every day, but if you just win one soul, think about what glory is going to await you when you get into the kingdom of God. That's right. The Bible says that the angels of heaven rejoice, doesn't it? It sure does. And you know what? I think about that crown and that robe. You know, that old gospel song says, we shall wear a robe and crown. You know what? I think people done forgot what that heavenly robe and crown is going to feel like when we put it on. That's right. And, you know, I mean, it's time for churches to wake up. I mean, come on now. You know as well as I do. And, uh, you know, along that line as well, you know, we can have a a nice car here. We can have a nice house here. But you know what's so cool about that is all that staying behind. When that trumpet sounds, man, you know, only only the people that that are saved, you know what I mean? That car is not going with me to heaven. My house isn't going with me to heaven. So. And, you know, something a little bit on the humorous side that we can get our listeners laughing a little bit is uh, we're talking about things that you can't take with you. And, you know, you you hear every preacher say the cliche, you're not going to take it all with you, you know. And there was this meme a couple of weeks ago that I seen, and it was a hearse, a funeral hearse, and it had a U-Haul trailer on the back of it. (laughs) And, and, you know, I got to thinking, huh, that changes a little things on what my preacher has always told me, you know. And it was just kind of humorous. Because, you know, some people think, oh, well, if I have a million dollars in the bank, there's going to be a million dollars going with me up to heaven, and that's not the case. That's right. And, you know, I mean, you can have all the riches in the world, but if you ain't got God, you ain't got one single thing. That's absolutely right. That is absolutely right, you know, and, and uh, you know, and like we were talking also, you know, it's, as far as the church is waking up, you know, it's it's time to stop playing patty cake with the devil and every demon in hell and stand up and show them who we are. You know, remind them that, that what we carry is greater than anything they've got or ever had. You know what I mean? Brother, so, you know, whatever happened 
to the services that we used to go into. And when people were, were coming in and they had some demon affliction or addiction or some issue, we prayed until the church service was over. And you know what? We could pray until that need was met. What happened there? You know, and, and uh, you're exactly right. What happened there? You know, and briefly talking about that, uh, you know, for those of the listeners that have ever heard of Rodney Howard Brown, last May, me and a, a fellow minister friend of mine and his family went down to Tampa, Florida for his ministry and leadership conference. And we were there. The services started at 10 in the morning. We didn't get out till 2, 3 o'clock in the afternoon just to go back for the night service. 6 to midnight, 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, you know, like so late that McDonald's was closed and we had to go to Walmart for cheesecake and and lunch meat, you know, and and, uh, I say that jokingly, but at the same time, that's what, that's how it was, you know, you saw the spirit of God moving in every service, you saw people getting healed, you know, it just wasn't a a motivational speech, you know, Um, and I'm very, I'm very, very big on evangelistic meetings, most of my stuff is outside. Most of my stuff's under a tent or in a football stadium or an amphitheater of some sort, Um, you know, because the Bible tells us that God's not changing. The Bible says that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that tells me that it's time that the church continues to believe, and if they don't believe, that they better believe that healing still takes place and demonic deliverances still take place, you know, uh, instead of hiding behind the pulpit, you know, and and, uh, with nervousness and fear, you know, Show the devil who we are, who God is. You know what I mean? Yeah, you know, I got to thinking about that same exact thing. I mean, you know, whatever happened to old-fashioned preachers, I wasn't afraid of the devil. Come on now. And I'll tell you what, whatever happened to people that once had a fire for God? And, you know, people say, oh, we want revival. We want revival. But you know what? People aren't longing for that revival. That's right. It's you just know, like their people, fire has gone out. Absolutely. Well, you know, and, and one thing, you know, I'm not I'm not a sports person at all, so I'm going to throw this out there. Uh, but, you know, is it me or is it just, just weird that Sundays are the day they picked for NFL? You see what uh, I'm saying? It's not just you, brother. Come on. You know, so we've got to be to church by 10 o'clock and be out by noon so we can go get our lunch and go home and watch football. You know, I don't believe you're that hungry for revival if you're focused on on football or or, or whatever sports or you know just different sidetracks. Uh, Let's turn that conviction around just a little bit. What what about this? Oh, we got to get out of church at twelve o'clock so we can go hit the the nearest buffet line. That's also so very true. I see it all the time. There's one thing that annoys me, and it's when people look down at their watch at a church service. Absolutely. I mean, are you clocking God to move? Because last time I checked, the Bible says he don't move on our time. That's right. That's right. I mean, it's like they're just waiting for that little hand to get on the 12 o'clock mark so they can get out and get a buffet. And you know what? They're still the same, they're still the same person they was when they walked into church doors. That's right. People don't know what it's like to leave, leave changed anymore. You know, and, and I always, I like to say this when I preach as well, you know, salvation is not salvation. Salvation and repentance and relationship is salvation, you know, because uh, so many times, you know, you know, 
when you say something with your mouth and don't believe it in your heart, I mean, well, that's that's not good, you know. Um, to be truly saved, I truly believe that you've got to believe it in your heart as well as speaking it from your mouth, you know. And something's got to change. Something's got to take place. You know, like Saul, when he was on the road to Damascus, you know, I like to say we all need a Saul to Paul encounter when we get saved. Because when he was on the road to Damascus and he fell off that horse, that day changed his life. He became a persecutor of he was a persecutor of Christians, but he became an apostle that wrote two thirds of the New Testament. And you know another thing too is that bothers me is when people go down to the altar and they say, Oh, I'm leaving this burden there and I think you know where I'm going with this. Mm-hmm. And they get back up and they go back to their seat, and that burden's still on them instead of on the altar. That's right. That's right. You know, and it's people, people need to wake up. Getting serious with God. And you know, me and you was talking about this coronavirus and everything, and people going into the grocery stores, wiping out all the toilet paper and all the hand sanitizer, and you know. To me, just looking at it through a <clears throat> excuse me, through a uh, spiritual lens, it looks like an apocalyptic event to me. Right. And here's my thing: what they going to do when when the coronavirus passes? But what are they going to do? If Jesus Christ was to pass them by. That's absolutely right. And it's just like the old song I was listening to today that the hoppers sang. I wish we'd all been ready. Yeah. And you know what? There's going to be some people that are looking up in the sky wondering why God didn't take them home. And they're going to hear those words that we all never want to hear. This is, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. Explain to us a little bit about that, Stephen. Yeah, so that's that's uh, that's another thing that I I you know speak on firmly when I preach. You know, so many, and I don't I'm not dogging any church, any minister whatsoever, but so many uh, churches nowadays don't like to make people feel convicted. Well, they might not come back. They might not like it. You know, it might make them feel you know out of place. Well, you know, I would much rather tell somebody about hell and get their salvation, then do not tell them about hell and find out they've gone there. You know, um, depart from me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. It's just as real as thy good and faithful servant under the joy of the land, you know. And uh, so many people just show up to church Sunday after Sunday as a, as a routine uh, to, to feel good. and But there's no change, like we said. There's no change when they leave, you know. And, you know, I, I hate to say it like this, but I've, I've said it quite some time on Facebook, you know, it's time to stop building me up and start stepping on my toes. That's right. Because you know what? Building me up ain't going to get me to heaven. It's the stepping on my toes that's going to get me there. That's right. Absolutely. And if you go to church for the build me up, you're going for the wrong reason. Yeah. So, I mean... And I ain't going to call out no names, but I'm not a prosperity teacher either that's going to sit there and tell you that everything's going to be peachy keen and fluffy the rest of your life when 
it's not going to be that way. Yeah. You know, and it's it's so true, too, because I'm going to tell you what, when I got started in the ministry, things actually got harder. Things actually got harder, you know, because when you answer the call of God on your life, when anybody that answers the call of God on their life, uh, you know, begins to step out for the gospel of Jesus Christ, step out, you know, to glorify him and lift him up, man, the devil comes after you so, so strong, you know, and it's, it's, it's very hard. But, you know, I'm so grateful for the helper. I'm so grateful for the, the guidance and the strength that God provides. And you know what? There's one old saying that I've always heard. It says that the devil's a mess and God's a blessing. Yeah. And, you know, it's time for us to start being on the blessing, re- receiving the end of it, instead of on the mess in the end of it. That's right. Absolutely. And, you know, I could go on about there's Christians in the church that I call them brown those Christians. They got their nose stuck in everything else but their own life. Right. And, you know, it's time to put that to a rest. It's time to stop babysitting the church and start letting the church be the church. Absolutely. You know, know, talking about that again, I look back at what took place in, in 1906 at 312 Azusa Street. I clearly don't remember it. I'm 21 years old, but we hear about the testimonies that take place in meetings like that in uh, Brownsville Assemblies of God in Pensacola, Florida. Um, Steve, Evangelist Steve Hill and, and uh, John Kilpatrick. You know, people are so, you know, coming from their mouth, we're so hungry for revival. We're so desperate for a move of God. We're so desperate for a healing. Well, how truly desperate are you, you know? If you're focusing on, well, what can God do for me? What can God, it should be more like, what do I need to give up? What do I need to change? You know what I mean? There has to be a hunger and not just a um, a vocabulary there. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, the church needs to arise and go outside the four walls. That's the church right. is not the four walls, people. The church is what's on the inside. Absolutely correct. And here's how I think about it, okay? The, if there was no people on the inside of the church, what we call the church, the four walls, it'd just be an ordinary building. Right. What What it is is it's the people inside the church that are congregating, praying for one another, speaking life into each other that makes it the church. That's absolutely right. And you know what, brother? You don't hear people speaking life into people anymore. No, it's it's gossip and and you know just just negative things, you know. So people get in the flesh. That's right. And you know, speaking life is is one thing that I believe that every believer, you know, should be doing. You know, whether you're a preacher, a teacher, an apostle, an evangelist, a prophet, a, a music leader, a a media room uh, tech or a children's ministry leader, you know, or if you're that individual I like to use, you know, God may use you to go to Walmart at 3 o'clock in the morning and, and to minister to the people there. Because if you're at Walmart at 3 o'clock in the morning, unless you're just getting off of work or getting into town and need a few extra things, <laughs> people are normally sleeping at 3 o'clock. So if you're there at 3 o'clock, 90% of the time you need Jesus. <laughs> so uh, that's, that's that's one way I like to say, you know, you don't have to stand behind the pulpit to minister to somebody. You know, go through the McDonald's drive-thru and talk to that deep press cashier and say, hey, man, 
You know, Jesus loves you. You know, smile at them. They may be to see somebody smile at them. Well, brother, I have appreciated having you on the show. I'm going to ask you something that I normally don't do. I'm going to ask you to pray a blessing over our listeners today. Yeah, sure. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for Brother Andrew and, and for what he's doing, Lord, for your for your kingdom, Lord. And I pray right now in Jesus' name, God, that every listener would be blessed, be strengthened. Lord, that you would bless every household. Lord, I pray that you would show us, Lord God, what you have in store for us, you know, what you've called us to do. Because, Lord, I know that you've called every individual by name. So, Lord, as, as we jump off of here, I pray that you would go with every listener. Go with Brother Andrew. Continue to keep your hand upon him and use him and use every individual out there. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Evangelist. Stephen, tell us a little bit more about where we can find find your tour stops and what you're going to be up to in the ministry. So, uh, yeah, so I can be contacted. You know, and I can't, you know, I'm not only available to preach if, you, if a listener or if anybody, you know, wants to, to discuss salvation, to receive salvation, to pray, I can be reached anytime. My phone number is, if you Google Stephen Foran Ministries, my phone number is on there. Um, and uh, I can be booked through that phone number as well. Um, and as far as my stops for this year, um, May, I'll be in May 14th. We're working on Wheeling, West Virginia. The tornadoes that went through Nashville, Tennessee, have kind of affected my Nashville meeting. So what I'm planning on is going down there and just doing a street ministry outreach. Um, June 1st through the 6th in Ashtabula, Ohio. I'm super excited about that week. That's going to be a, a, a significant week for me. I'm partnering with Paul Allen, the son of Tent Revivalist and Evangelist A.A. A. Allen, as well as the Shirey family for praise and worship and Westward Road for praise and worship. Uh, that's one week that I'm really looking excited or looking forward to, looking forward to putting that tent up and uh, seeing people come forward to receive Jesus Christ as their Savior. And also I have a Facebook page, and that's Stephen Farron Ministries. And on there I typically put where I'm going to be at. Um, so I can be reached either by my Facebook page or by my phone number, and that can be found, like I said, if you Google Stephen Farron Ministries. So. Well, Stephen, thank you so much for coming on the program today. God bless you, and we look forward to having you on again sometime. Okay, no problem, Andrew. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye.